Welcome to the Barrels and Business Podcast. I am your host, Jay Green, and this is the podcast for beach-loving, barrel-chasing business owners. In the next hour or so, I plan to give you as many tangible tips on how you can grow and build your kick-ass team, scale your business, and live the epic life of your dreams. So stay tuned while myself and my guests bring you all of the best. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Julian here from Spartan. I've got the absolute pleasure to bring in the rock star. I don't even know where you came from because every time I see you, you're in a different country. <laughs> Holiday here, life engineered over there, uh, speaking in this in front of a thousand people over there, which is absolutely incredible, absolutely inspiring for for males and females alike. Um, obviously, if you're looking for a, a good female role model, this is probably the best person to speak to. Miss Jade Green, welcome. Uh-huh. Thank you, Julian. I'm, uh, right. I'm flattered. <laughs> oh, well, mate, you, you're, you, like, literally in the last six months, I've seen you, you holidays. I think you've taken two holidays there everywhere. Uh, you've surfed in America. You've spoken in front of thousands of people. It's like, man, how do I get to get, get sort my life out a little bit? So, um, a bit of They just need to engineer your life better. Yeah, exactly. We were talking, um, you know, offline after this conversation, I think. So, um, transformational le- uh, teacher learning junkie, spiritual being an adventure with an international reputation as a hard charging rule breaking. Love that. That's me too. Uh, high performance engineer, uh, sorry, entrepreneur and life engineer um, and speaker with a, and a five dimensional coach. What's a five dimensional coach? Yeah. Five dimensional coaching is uh, the system that we use for life engineered. And that's about going, and it's going to confuse people because there's six parts to being five dimensional. Yep, cool. So Love firstly, it. Most entrepreneurs are one-dimensional. They focus purely on their business at the detriment of their relationships, whether they be intimate relationships, family relationships, friends, etc. Or they might have the two, so they've got the line going between them. At some stage, they realize they need the wisdom to really go to the next level and to start living a more fulfilling life. Usually at that stage, they realize their health is suffering and your health is your wealth. And so we need to fix that because you can't be an you can't be at an optimum capacity in any area of your life if your health is suffering. Yeah. Then it's usually like, okay, this is all great. Things are going well, but where's my adventure? And we start going, okay, how, and what you just said, how do we start engineering our lives to make sure that we're still living? Because life isn't just for grinding, right? It is for living too. Yeah. And then what I have around all of that is spirituality. And that's where we start thinking about how we can awaken and what's the next step and, you know, we probably aren't the only little humans out here. Well, maybe only humans, but the only beings, sentient beings in the universe. So that's where we start thinking, okay, how are we connected to source? What higher powers do we call on? Some people that might be religion, other people, it's just the universe. Other people, it's a different level of spirituality, but that's where we start looking at the more cosmocentric. What else is out there? Yeah. Yeah, I love that because, you know, I think that there is definitely, uh, well, for, for my business journey, there definitely seems to be a pull literally in the last 12, 12 months uh, into that spirituality side of things. That is a dear friend uh, from that spiritual, um, uh, not going to say realm, but you know, the, the workshop space of that spirituality yeah. actually passed away as, as funerals next week. Um, yeah, it was horrific. Anyway, a different story. I probably shouldn't call use. I don't like language being that bad, but for me, it was a very, very touching space. And he definitely was one someone that that I found very connected to that spiritual side, and definitely someone that I I um, admired deeply and deeply respected because of that side. Entrepreneurs, business owners are very, very task oriented as a whole. Projects, tasks, to do lists. Like we forget everything else, and and literally. To me, the trifecta is health, relationships, and business at one thing. And yeah. from a male's perspective, we definitely forget that. Um, from a female's perspective in business, I definitely think they uh, lose a lot of the uh, femininity of that sort of things because in business, mm-hmm. it's a very masculine energy. Uh, um, you know, I was totally, totally, totally guilty of that. And the last two years for me has been about reconnecting to femininity because being from the recruitment space as well, I used to wear a three-piece navy pinstripe suit with the starched white collar shirt and the cuff links and yeah. 
uh, it was all about proving that I was as good as the males and to the point that even after work I went and played football and like and then I went to the pub with my friend like and, method acting right? yeah it's like embrace and that that really didn't serve me it certainly didn't didn't serve my adrenals um, and led to some burnout and affected my marriage as well so for me although I am equal parts uh, tomboy and girly girl it is about making sure that I'm equally a girly girl yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this this wasn't even part of the conversation, part of the brief that I wanted to. But I, but it's super important, you know. I mean, like even from a, a male in business, you know, females are better managers of people because they're compassionate, they're kind, they're thoughtful, they they understand feelings, they're empathetic. So the femininity in business is super important. And from a masculine point of view, if I go in deep into my masculine energy, this literally wasn't part of the conversation. It was meant to be, but I love it. Um, if I go deep into my masculine energy, it's actually bad for business. It's good for me because yeah. I feel like shit's going to be happening. We're moving forward. We're driven, decisive, making decisions. Let's go. Um, but people around me, it's a very, very bad energy. So, yeah. um, you know, you, tapping into that femininity is actually not a sign of weakness. It's actually the strength from the feminine energy is actually super, super strong. Um, yeah. Most people think it's like girly. It's got nothing to do with no, and it's, um, and it's also about understanding in what part of your business you need to show up in which type of energy. And both, yeah. no matter whether you're actually male or female, it's where do you tap into that, that side of you for the task that you're doing at that time. Yeah. And that can be one of the things that I work with um, through Roger James Hamilton's teaching and Zen Entrepreneur Resource is understanding how you can create a week of flow and how you can be in a, a certain type of energy because you don't want to be bipolar and switching. Okay, yeah. sales call, man, management. <laughs> like, Tell that's me how you weird, feel. Right? All right, close yeah. that deal, right? <laughs> um, bipolar so, entrepreneur. Right? Yeah, yeah, we all are. Um, but creating that flow in your week so that you can sink into that energy and really maximize it and then be in the other energy when you need to as well. Yeah. So I think that's something that um, a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about is creating the flow state of their, their week to yeah. ensure that they can show up in the best space. And, yeah. and that is what has the impact on the staff because it's all fine and dandy in your, in your entrepreneur mind, but it's your energy is having such a massive, massive, massive impact massive. on the people around you. And yeah. I think from what we talked about before, can be what causes your your staff to abandon ship. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, before we move into the actual conversation that that we <laughs> asked you to speak yeah. about, um, there was a, a dramatic shift even in my own personal business where I, for the first time in literally twenty years of seventy hours a week of work, I actually felt burnt out. And I got to the stage where I was literally twelve o'clock. You know, this time again, looking at my desk and my three screens that I had up were going blurry. 12 midday I've only been working for like five hours right I was like this is you know, <laughs> only five hours by then I know yeah. I know yeah. so I don't I'm not the person that gets up at 4 30 in the morning you know with three kids under the age of four um I'm up at 4 30 but I'm, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing it's <laughs> uh milkies and little things like that so <laughs> um so you know getting into that space of knowing where you're at I don't need a two-week holiday <laughs> to Bali or Thailand but I just literally had to just shut down for two days and go, right, I need, yeah. a, I need a solid weekend and get back to me. Literally, we nearly doubled the amount of sales that week, that next week. And all I did was just go to rest over the weekend. Yeah. That's how important energy is in your business. You need to think about like your phone, the work in optimal performance. You're the same as that. So it needs, to, it needs to go on charge. And you need to think about what recharges you. And a lot of people, especially when they start their businesses, they get, so wound up they might get energy from running the business that they forget what really gives them energy and it's super important to sit down and do an exercise and go okay what actually lights me up what actually recharges me is it being around other people and being social or is it is it reclusing and having some time on my own is it for me it's going in the ocean and going for a surf yeah like i know when i'm at full anxiety levels not being able to focus my creativity's dropped yeah. I just need the best thing for me to do is drop everything and go surfing. Yeah. So I had to do that the other morning. I had to, I was coaching an international entrepreneur and speaker on his LinkedIn profile and he's in America. So I have to coach him at 6am, which is six 
is 6 p.m. Mm. So I have to get up, get prepared, be ready to do that, do the call, do the next thing for me, send all of the follow-up stuff. And then I had to be in an event in Brisbane at, at 1 o'clock. And that was going to go through till 9 p.m. And I knew that I just wasn't going to show up as the best me if I didn't take the time to go for a surf. So I had to stop everything else, go for a surf, get ready. And I was on fire that, that yeah. afternoon. Like I was like definitely in my element, energized, ready to rock and roll. And I just wouldn't have been able to show up like that if I hadn't taken that minute. And I think it's really important that, you know, what you said there, it's not going to surf for the whole day or like seven hours. It's literally, you probably were in there for 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, caught four waves. And that is kind yep. of enough, maybe a little bit longer, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not as if you need to spend hours on these things. But then when you're in there, I guarantee you weren't thinking about your events. I guarantee you weren't thinking about what you kind of missed on that call. I guarantee you weren't thinking about the next call from there. Yep. Like, you were in that, right? And that's where... Yeah, that's where I think most business owners go missing, right? Yeah. So when they're in the surf, they're thinking about, oh, you know, when you're on holiday, let's say, the best thing not to do on a holiday or the you know, don't take phones, don't take laptops. No one cares about the color of your, like, your food or your cock. Like, <laughs> do it for you. Don't do it for fucking social media. Like, there's yeah. no point doing that stuff. So we get very confused in what's actually important. Like you said, I say this all the time, like, these phones are the best things ever. They're also the biggest distractions and they keep your brain so busy. There is yeah. no time to think. Yeah, that's right. You know. And there's, there's a bunch of science around uh, digital dementia. We're so reliant yeah. on them now that we actually forget basic things. Like yep. we, it's like navigation. You don't know how to drive to somewhere you go all of the time on your own because you've never had to actually remember it because you just yeah. press the button and off you go. Yeah. The same thing with those. Like, they they make us smart, but they also make us dumb. Well, I think they're smart. This thing here is smart phones for dumb people, right? They're, they're making us. That's true. Like, yeah, it, it's so true. Like, I don't even know my partner's, my wife now, been together for seven years. I don't actually know her phone number. I know her number. Yeah, I know. Her number. Whereas years ago, you would move house and you still remember your own home phone number and yeah. your best friend's phone number. Now. Yeah. Whew, you know, but then in saying that, in our defence, if we're going to have some, there's you know four bank accounts, there's three credit cards, there's the pin numbers for every credit card. There's, I mean, if you look at how many passwords and logins you have in your computer, it's, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's why I have to have LastPass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. LastPass like, is my friend. Oh, if you didn't have that, you, you mean you couldn't remember anything unless you had the same yeah. password for everything, which is. Not ideal. A little bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and make sure it's not your dog with your birthday, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, let's get into exactly what we were, you know, d designed to speak about, which was today. Sure. Companies, candidates, recruitment, that's your skill. That's what we've done yeah. for, for the last seven years. Um, you know, we were speaking, obviously, just before on, on how many people actually come through our businesses, how many resumes we've looked at. What are companies, like these days, the recruitment is actually more complicated in terms of different platforms to get on. Candidates are looking for different things. Companies, for the most part, the clients that I deal with, don't actually know the people that they're looking for, which makes a bit of a problem. So first of all, what are candidates looking for out of a new company? Well, it, that is a really open question because it depends on the candidate, right? Yeah. And so what I would say is before you can answer that question, you need to really know who is the avatar candidate yeah. specifically, what values do they have, what character traits, and what, what job do they actually want to do? And then you can work back. So it's the same way as what you would do with, say, doing a Facebook ad or something like that, right? You do your avatar. What problem do they have? What do they want? What, what's going to fulfill them? And once you know that, then you can work backwards. So the problem is companies think that they could just be all things to all people. Yeah. And that that's going to be the blanket effect. No. So most candidates, though, uh, are looking to fulfill the six human needs, right? They're, they're looking for growth, contribution, connection, if you can, if you can just nail those three, yeah. you're going to be well on your way. Most people think they want money. People want yeah. growth and contribution and relationships yeah. over money. Yeah. What else do they want? Recognition. Yeah. 
And recognition is different to different people, right? So I always tell people to go back to the love languages. You've got to work out your, your person first. It's all about the individual, but you need to show them love and, re- and recognition in the way that they, they feel it and hear it. Yeah. If you can nail that, you're, go- you're going to be a really good place to work. Yeah. Okay. But you've got to tailor it. Yeah. So that's obviously when they get into the company. Mm-hmm. How would you formulate? Because this is what I see a lot when they, when they, when a small business, medium-sized business, they're looking for a new staff member. Yeah. They honestly are looking for unicorns, and I said this on previous um, conversation before. They're looking for the unicorn, and what the unicorn is is someone that can do SEO because they don't know how to do it. Someone that can do all your Facebook ads, maybe even some B two B stuff. LinkedIn would be great as well if you can manage that. Um, if you can do some uh, copy and some video production as well as some administration and some data entry. Oh, you forgot they want them also to do cold calling business development. That's right. If you could do that, that'd be great. That'd be really helpful. The other, the, and, and also what I find is that what the business owner is trying to get the employee to do is all the shit jobs that they don't want to do. Yeah. Like yep. I hate doing sales. So can you just do sales for me? So I don't have to look mm-hmm. at it. That mm-hmm. is not inspiring anyone guys. Like no one. No, no, no. I think, um, the other thing, so basically what a good candidate usually goes searching for is they want to connect to the, to the why. It's start with why and be willing to polarize because the people that aren't bought into your why are not going to work out in the long term anyway. Yes, it's going to narrow your candidate pool. It's going to really bring it down. But the problem isn't getting applicants because often you'll get, if, you're, if your ad's too broad, you get all sorts of shit. Yeah. And they don't even come from here. And yeah. you won't seek to electrocute them just for pressing the send button because they have yeah. zero relevance. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not about getting the volume. We, want quant- we don't want the quantity. We want the quality. Yeah. So the key thing that the entrepreneurs need to do and the leader of the business needs to communicate their why. What is the why? Go back to Simon. Yeah. Start with why. Exactly. Get that really clear. What's the why of the business, but what's your personal why? Because... If you want to get someone, especially if they're already in a good people already have good jobs, right? That's right. Good exactly. people already have a job and that yeah. is what people need to realize. They're exactly. not sitting on seek. Yeah. They're not sitting on their couch waiting for something to come along. Yeah. They are in a good job yeah. and you need to convince them why your job is better for them. Yeah. And that's not going to be about the money. And that's the best gonna be- people do not send their resume to 40 companies. You know when you call them and they're like, oh, so what's this again? Yeah. Sometimes if you're, let's say in cold calling or you're in sales or something, you might be able to get away with it. If you're kind of mass recruiting, you can put four of the same people on data, whatever it happens to be. You know, Mm -hmm. we we can do that for one of our companies. We can have that type of person because we've got coaching methods and all that stuff. But if you're looking for a specific candidate, you can't, that's not, that's a good way to hang up. Oh, so who's this again? So what's this job about? But don't. Yeah. yeah. Think about it though. If, if you're good at your job and you're good at what you do, you're usually getting headhunted all the time anyway. Yeah. How often are you actually on seek or on a job board trolling through to press apply? Yeah. The ones that apply is when it comes to them through another medium, when we can talk about how to attract the talent, yeah. but it might be because they've seen an article on LinkedIn. Someone's actually shared it to them. It's come up in another way and it may have come up just at the right moment. Yeah. The only time you get really good candidates on job boards seeking is when, when they're leaving a manager who's done, done something dick for the, for the final straw. But yeah. catching them at that specific moment is very, very hard. Yeah. Um, so it's about how do you get your message in front of the right people all of the time so that when they're ready to make that switch, you're top of mind. Yeah. And that's about being a thought leader. It's about being, being known in your, in your marketplace is being known in those industry sectors and planning ahead because you may not, your profile may not be always hanging out where the .NET developers are, but you can start thinking in advance, what groups do you need to be in? Where do they hang out? Where do you need to start showing up before you're desperate for them? Yeah, yeah. And then and let's say if you place an ad on the seek, um, like you said before, think of the, they're your customers. You know what I mean? If anything, they're sometimes more important 
not really. They're sometimes more important than your customer, and I explain why. Your customers they are pay definitely you. more important than your customer. Well, because you pay without them, good right? stuff, you don't have any. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's true too. Yeah, and they can get rid of a few customers uh-huh. too. Right? So, so one, they are one they, bad customer service person could lose you lots of people. Correct. Yeah, and not only they've lost you people, you've actually cost you money as well. So that's yeah. forty thousand dollars a year, but you've lost you know, a hundred yeah. extra. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the, I don't think people actually put enough effort into the thought of yeah. the person you're looking for, where they hang out, what they're looking for, what they, you know, it's like a customer, what their concerns are, what their fears are, what their yeah. doubts are about the company. What's the company look like? What's, is this product going to serve me? Is this like, mm-hmm. they're all the things that, that, that good candidates are looking for. Yeah. Right? So, how, what would be sort of the top-down approach? Obviously, you've got your why, you know what you're doing, you kind of know what you're looking for. What would be the next stage in finding the best candidate for your business? You need to understand what your genius zone is as a manager. So what we do with the Wealth Dynamics and um, Roger James Hamilton stuff is you identify what your genius is and then there's a scientific formula around what's the next genius level you need. So if... If you're here, you need two across and then three across. And that fills out your gaps. So too many times entrepreneurs, you know, and most people, they default to hiring people like them because we like people like us. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they get me. Yeah. It's usually the exact opposite of what you need because you don't need more of you. Yeah. You, you need the people. So if you're a... Someone said that to me. They're like, oh, if only they had five more you. I'm like, I don't want five more me. I'm too Hell fucking no. busy. <laughs> I'm like, so I talk about it with, say, entrepreneurs, they might be a high dynamo creator energy. And yeah. so they're really great at the ideas and getting the ball rolling. Yeah. But they're really, really shit at doing the technical and the fiddly details and the numbers. Attention to, yeah, so if you've right. got five more of those people and you've hired someone like that, to look after your numbers or your operations or your systems. You can't blame that person for not doing a good job. It's not their genius zone. It's not where they get energy. It's not their skill set. So you need to think, you need to know exactly where you sit, where your gaps are. So I'm, I'm, you're going to be surprised by what my profile is called. My profile is star profile. Okay. Like all, all blazy and all energy and I connect people. I don't believe what, that. Who made no, that? No, I know. Someone's making that shit up. Um, I, and I'm high creator. So I create stuff and I like to get out there and the detail, like detail, not my thing. Like I was a national operations manager for three and a half years and it near killed me because it sucked all of my energy. Yes. I could force myself to do it, but I literally was throwing up blood. Yeah. Yeah. Because circular referencing spreadsheets and forecasting at nine o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. That sounds horrendous so, to me. It was horrific. And yeah. it meant that even though that company offered me equity, I said no and left. Yeah. Because I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And, so, and that genius, and I love that. It's just, you know, you've got to find what your genius zone actually is. Yeah. To do that, you've got to think about, you know, and it's, you know, right now there's this big push towards, oh, you know, if you don't love it, don't do it. You're going to be very broke for a very long time. <laughs> yes. You mean like I love motor racing, as you can see by the suit, the helmet, like that's what I love to do. That's going to cost me millions of dollars a year because uh, I don't just want to race uh, Hyundai XL. Like, you know, maybe that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, and. What is your car of choice if you're racing? Uh, it has to be Ferrari, not all an Audi R8 LMS. I've actually got yeah. this. Is I'll show you. It's actually like that's my goal. So. Ah, uh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So really, I, wanna, so. I will rebuy a Lotus and turn it into a hill climb car. Yeah, so mine beautiful. got retired. Mine got retired to a hill climb car. A, a guy down in Adelaide actually bought it. Did he? There you yeah. Go. Yeah. 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 They good little go karts those ones. Yeah. <laughs> <Pizza> <laughs> so, so yeah, they the little LMS uh, ready to go. One hundred forty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand US. So beautiful. Uh, yeah, they're good. So heaps of extras, it says. So, <laughs> All the stuff um, you're going to strip out to race it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't need to. It's ready to go. So, oh, it's good. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can put that on the road, but and my wife will absolutely hate it if, she, if there's a second seat in there. So, uh, but yeah, it's not for her. But, um, you know, you, those, those is what I would love to do, right? Mm-hmm. To do that, there's probably some things that I'm going to seriously dislike doing for a decent amount of time 
But yeah. that's why that is up uh, behind my computer screen. Yeah. So, and it, I think there was even a post I put, you might have seen it on Instagram where I actually dressed up in that at my desk because I, was, <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> well, that's how I bought the Lotus. I used to have that sitting, a picture of it sitting next to my phone because I had to make a hundred cold calls a day. Yeah. And as a recruiter, get told to fuck off 99 times. Yeah. You're like, just one more call. Just yeah. the numbers will work. <laughs> Lotus. Where's my car? Where's my car? <laughs> Lotus. <laughs> you can tell me whatever you want. I'm getting a Lotus. <laughs> Lotus. <laughs> and whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. dear. Customers are always right. Yeah. Wait, everyone else call this guy. Just tell me to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what happens? I get called the same call like they here. Just goes in rotation. It's like, damn it. But like, this guy was an extra dick. You, everyone call him. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're no, sorry, we haven't. Anyway, um, we're so, off track. But I, I want to go back to your point. Yes, you still have to do stuff that you don't love to get ahead, right? Yeah. But I like to remind people of the Gallup principles, the the Skill Finder two point don't work on your weaknesses, play to your strengths and hire people for their strengths. Yeah. If your strength isn't numbers, hire the numbers guy. Don't hire the salesperson just because you don't want to do the sales. Because if your strength is actually the sales, then spend more time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I really, really believe in um, the, the talent dynamics spectrum and the, the genius test and really understanding that and then, who you need to fill up your team to make your, your ideal team and doing things that are before you go to hire, doing a task audit of yourself, categorizing that into what gives you energy, what takes away your energy, what you give a fuck about and what you don't need to give a fuck about. Because once you've understood that levels and probably for most people before they do all that, read the book, ego is the enemy and realize that you don't need to do everything yourself yeah, yeah. and and other people can do it as long as it's getting done 70% as good as what you do it or what you, what you think you do it. Yeah, that's right. Well, also, then it's going to make you be better in every other area. Or part of recruitment, if you're recruiting, like I would never hire someone that I can do the task better than them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so if uh, my operations manager is also an amazing graphic designer, if I can do keynote presentations for my topics, my speeches, my courses, whatever, better than her, I don't need her. Yeah. Right. That, that's what I think. If I've got a recruitment recruiter and I can do job, uh, you're in a recruitment calls, job calls, interviews better than my recruitment team, I don't need that recruitment team. Now, mm. I do need that recruitment team, otherwise, I'm doing everything, but I yeah. wouldn't want to recruit someone that can't add massive value to my business already. Yeah. Yes. I'll teach them the way we do things, but really they should take that and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Right. Outside yeah. of sales. I haven't met that many sales people that can outsell me, but anyway, different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say there, there is some tasks that can be done 70% as good as what you do it because they're, they're the ones in that list of the don't give a fuck, like the menial sort of stuff. Like yeah. you might make the best coffee in the world because you used to be a barista. Someone yeah. else can make it for you and it's going to yeah, be okay. Yeah. okay yeah, um, yeah. And, you can, and you can train them up. Um, yeah. but, but the key thing is too many entrepreneurs want to be doing all things. Yeah. And the only way to succeed and scale is to have all people doing one thing. Rather than doing one person doing all things, all people doing one thing. And they do that one thing really, really well. So I your one thing might be the strategy and the vision. I'm, yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> but probably in regards to my timeline of my day, not that important. <laughs> yeah. You, you would set, you'd settle for the 70% as good coffee when you're super busy. <laughs> um, so I think that's one thing to really get people to think about is all people doing one thing and what's their one thing? Yeah. What's their area? So what's their flow state? And that yeah. doesn't mean like um, it's only one task, but your finance people, they do finance. They don't do finance and Facebook ads and yeah, this right. and that. And yes, in startup mode, some people might need to multitask, but you group the style of tasks together. So yeah. if it's stuff about timing and deal making and things like that, you, you have them doing that. Yeah. If it's, 
relationship, yeah. sales, um, yeah. human connections, you get them doing that. Yeah. If it's operations, numbers, yeah. details, you get them doing that. If it's strategy, creative, yeah. marketing, you get them doing that. So you could get away That's with right. four people, but don't yeah. try and get, don't get steel person operations to try to make your sales calls. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Or your, or your um, creative Facebook ads marketing to do your numbers, like you know, yeah. videography and your editing yeah. and your Facebook ads. And mm-hmm. then the next time he's doing your books, like you're, yeah. you're going to have a bit of an issue there. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. that's why we have outsources, right? So you can break those little tasks down and give it to someone that is their genius zone and just use them as an outsourcer or a contractor. And it's going to be a far better use of your money and your time than trying to pay someone to do too many different things. It, it's going to be all diluted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've got out our own tasks, what we give a fuck about, what we don't give a fuck about, what we're yeah. good at, what we're not good at. Yeah. Um, and delegation is super important, you know. And again, I think a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs are trying to do everything themselves because they do it better. Fantastic. You'll only ever be in startup mode for the rest of your yep. career. So you, yep. you'll never... always be a player. So yep. the, the idea of the player is if you don't show up, nothing gets done. Company yep. falls down. You actually can't go on a holiday because yep. everything falls in a heap. Yep. And a lot of people ego wise have created their, a rod for their own, own back That's because right. they want to be the special person. Yeah. They need to learn to make the special team. Yeah. So that then they can step up and start guiding things up. A little bit more and then you can take the time to relax because you can trust the team's going to hold the fort. yeah yeah if you have to do everything you don't have a business yeah. correct you have a job yeah, you've created exactly. your own job yeah. and it's and it will be a very stressful expensive job so you yeah. should have been working for someone else because yeah. you potentially get paid more there'll be less stress and you won't, yeah. you won't give yourself any uh heart attacks or gray hairs right? mm-hmm. yeah um so we've got the right person and we've got all our tasks lined out um, yeah. Onboarding process. What would be a perfect onboarding process for you? So I talk about making sure you have, so people have a, a customer journey plan, right? Yep. So I say you should have an employee success plan and mapping out what is the experience you want someone to have with your business and you from the very first minute they come in contact with you. So whether that's seeing a social media post to seed for eventually down the track when you want to go and headhunt them, to how everything goes from, okay, they've been given an interview. What do you send them before the interview? What do they need to know? You don't want to waste time telling them menial shit in the interview. So what can you give them up front? How can you set them up for success so that they're less stressed? Because especially different profile types, someone who's numbers-based or an introvert gets really stressed about an interview and, and performs poorly, not, not through any fault of their own. So how can you set them up for success? How do you actually do the interview? How do you communicate? What character traits do you want to display? How do you show up? What's the, what's the after interview follow-up? How do they progress through the stages? What would be the optimum time frame from interview to offer? How do you deliver the offer? Too many, too many entrepreneurs are still like, I'm the boss and they should be thankful that I'm going to pay them money. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> Good way to spend a lot of money in recruitment. Yeah, great way. So how are you going to deliver the offer? What's their pre-onboarding pack? Like how do you make them feel excited from the minute that they have taken it to make sure that they know? You don't want them to have that second thought like, oh, my other boss, my current boss is going to offer me more money and maybe I should take that. You want them to have no fucking doubt in their mind that they are so excited to come on board and they just can't wait for the first day. So what can you give them? That could be a gift in terms of I always suggest a book if they've told you during the interview process about something that they're really interested in that mm-hmm. you might. So I had, a, I had a client who hired a junior lawyer who really wanted to learn more about entrepreneurship and law and was a, a crazy basketball fan. So I said, get him Dory's new book, Dory Gadahi's new book. And yeah. it, it wraps up everything. And the guy was stoked. Yeah. So tiny little thing shows you actually listen to what they care about. So that type of process Okay, great. Then your actual onboarding. Don't have them turn up on the first day and they don't have a computer, they don't have a desk, they don't have all the tools that they need. Get your shit together first mm. because the cost of having to rehire is so high. Can you really afford not to have them set up? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's your first impression and 
the stats are absolutely crazy on how many people look to leave their job within the first 90 days. Yeah. It's like dating, right? You yeah. go on your first date, that's the first day. You go on your second date, that's your second week. You go on your third date, and then you're deciding, is this actually going to be a relationship or am I back on Tinder looking for something else? Yeah. <laughs> I'm married, so I don't, there's new ones out. I don't even know. People are telling me, like, oh, I've got this and Bumble or something. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no she's, she's actually a really great entrepreneur to um, have a listen of her, some podcasts yep. with her. That's yep. really smart. Okay. Um, and and how, they, how they onboard and how they recruit is actually, she's really good. Um, oh, I, I'm not sure if my wife's going to understand the market <laughs> research that I need to. I don't know. <laughs> well, they, they actually do Bumble for networking now too. <laughs> okay. Crazy. Um, so... Yeah, thinking about what, what's their first 90 days and setting them up for success. Make sure that they feel like they're part of the team. They're not like some people, too many people, that they turn up and they feel like they're a burden on their first day because oh, I don't have time. I'm so rushed and, oh, I haven't. That's kind of your desk. You could not make it yourself. Like how valued do you feel? Mm. It'd be like the customer coming into a pizza shop and having to make their own Box pizza. Box their own right? pizza, yeah. yeah. And, like, oh, where's the boxes? Oh, I'll wrap it. Don't worry. I don't want to put you guys out. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you just figure out how, what to put on the pizza and how long to cook it because I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the yeah. cheese? Uh, I think it's in the back fridge and just... Maybe, just, yeah. Just wipe the mold off it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so thinking about how do you want them to feel, and this is the key thing, right? It's all the same with customer service. What feeling do you want them to go home with on their very first day? And when their friends ask them if they had a good first day or how did they make the right decision, there is zero doubts in their mind that this is where they should be. Yeah. And your training needs to be the same. So you need to, you can co-create the training, but you need to know the framework because if you've hired someone for their genius, tell them I've created this so far for the training, but it's your genius and I want to empower you to create it with me. But if you just tell them to figure it out themselves, it's a different mindset. Mm. Yeah. And I always say automate things. So the first time you train someone record everything. Yeah. So when I did my vision, mission, values with my staff, I would record that so that I didn't have to go through the whole thing on with them, but then I'd still do a session with them face-to-face -face in terms of now you give me your interpretation of these words and what do they mean to you and how would you apply them? So don't just sit them in front of a computer, that's lazy, but there is definitely mm. things that you should automate and, and record yeah. to streamline but make sure that you're touching in and having the human experience because, again, we're there for the connection, and if they don't have that human experience, it's really easy to say no to a computer screen that trains you and leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm just putting myself into a business owner's shoes right now. And what I can hear kind of come through from people watching the video uh, later on is like, yeah, but I'm just not that good in front of the video. I'm not that good yep. in front of the screen. So, yeah. So don't, do don't, you, don't record yourself doing it, record you training someone. Yeah. So the first time you train someone, just set it up to record. So if you don't feel comfortable sitting there going through the whole process and teaching a screen, don't yeah. just record the session that you do live. So that you don't have to do the exact same thing again. It's, you know, they say anything you have to do more than once, you need a system and a process for that's, that's the principle. Yeah. So all the people that just had that bullshit excuse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. sucked in. <laughs> sucked in, sucker. No. Like, I killed that. I preempted that one. Squish, like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> but think about it. If you're showing them how to use your database, get Loom, turn Loom on, and record yourself on the screen, saying, "Okay, and here's where the customers are, and this is how you add a lead, and this is where you record a call, and this is how you turn it into a prospect, and you've recorded all of that while you're teaching someone." You don't need to do that again. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't even have to have your own face. You can have just a little picture of you at the very bottom. Yeah. But yeah. it's better to have the human connection. Uh, absolutely. And especially, you know, we're, we're literally moving into that space now and, and there's no really any excuse not to buy, you know, a $500 camera. Like there's no really any excuses of not to you have this that. technology in your but business. This, yeah. or, on a tripod. Yeah, or, yeah, there you go. Even, like I had, exactly. we recorded, we did um, our LinkedIn Live here with Gus Wallen yesterday. And I just yep. sat my, my phone over on the edge of the boardroom table on this dodgy little, like, dollar um, <laughs> tripod I got. Tiny and, from Alibaba. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it worked perfectly. Don't need yeah. anything else. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can mic yourself up. So if I'm actually training, I've got my Beats headset on. Yeah. That's it. It's mobile. It's wireless. It's perfect. Yeah, easy. So yeah, there's yeah. really no excuses. Zero excuses. And Loom yeah. is free for, yeah. for recording your screen. Loom is free. Yeah. Like there's no, no challenges. Yeah, exactly. Or there's just excuses. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is no problems. There's only excuses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and really the biggest thing, if you want to set, and this is, this is really important for people that want to set themselves apart. If you want to set yourselves apart, you have to do something different, which, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of thinking of the time. Oh, we don't have any time. Okay, cool. So if you don't have any time, quote unquote, that's bullshit. Um, if yep. you don't have any time, think of the cost of not getting this process right. Right. Yes. How many, and then also how many times have you recruited for the same job in your business over the last one, two, three years. If it's more than three times, yep. which potentially it would be, or twice, mm -hmm. that cost, downtime, new training, mm -hmm. offboarding, onboarding, paying out mm -hmm. soup, like that that cost. Brain cells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stress. Especially when you start someone new, that first two weeks is really difficult. The first month they get into the dynamics of the company, you gotta train them how the processes work, new CRMs, da da da. da. This is our customer base, yep. this is how to use everything, this is who where to go. That time down downtime and that gap in coaching is way more expensive than spending one full day, one full day, put this away because that won't help. Put it in the box somewhere, put it in your drawer and just get down to that timeline, yeah. that customer journey, that the employee journey, working yeah. out what the genius is. That one day, and it has to be a solid day, right? It does. Maybe if you put, even if you shut down your whole business, if there's let's say four or five staff and work that, where does this company want to go? Where is that business going to go? Who do we need in our business? And who yeah. do we need to be to capture that person? That, because that bit, that's the most important bit. Yeah. Who do we need to be? Who do I need to show up as to get the team that my business deserves and that's actually going to see me achieve? Yeah. Because if you keep turning up in whirlwind stress mess, you're not yeah. going to keep your people yeah. and you're not going to attract them. Exactly. And if the ones that you do attract are probably not the ones you'd like to keep for nope. longer period of time. And it's definitely not going to get your business next level, right? Or it's the so, ones that no one else would take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the only job they can get. I don't want the person, this is the only job they can get. I'm the person yep. that we're the best one out of everyone they yep. went to and they come back to us. That's Yep, they choose the rest, But you'll come back to the best, yep. right? So yep. why would people, we kind of touched on it just then, but why do people leave businesses? Because in my experiences, they don't leave the industry, they leave the business, they don't leave the, uh, you know, company or they don't leave the, the, the um, task that they're doing they leave the leader or their business. They don't leave that industry. They yeah. leave the company. So apart from that, what would be some major things that you've seen? And yeah. I've got some things that I've seen. Yeah. So not actually being on the boat with them. So it's, they haven't really bought into your why because maybe you don't have a why. But if you get them on, on board with the why and they're on board with the vision, they're going to stay with you through the tough times, right? So you've got to make sure you're higher in alignment and, and that you're showing up in that as well. Like you said, people don't usually leave companies. They, they leave managers and there's different things. People do leave industries and people do leave companies once they've outgrown, but they're not leaving, leaving. They're yeah. just moving on to the next stage and they become your best ambassadors. Yeah. So there's That's a natural progression, but that, but they're not leaving you. They're, they usually stay your friend. They stay in contact. They become a contractor. They, they maybe have their own business. They serve you back. That's a whole different story. Yeah. So it, it is usually, well, nearly always <laughs> about not being on board with company. The manager not showing up. So they're either inauthentic, their, their behavior doesn't match the talk or they're just straight out crazy and they haven't showed them. They don't show value. Yeah. Um, in my experience, what I see is that there's a disconnect from what the company owner is looking for, expectations, as opposed to what, the de what they're delivering. Yeah. So there's a disconnect in like, oh, look, it's lots of fun. And then you get there and it's, it's a bloody mess. It's a whole lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, look, look, it's a pretty relaxed environment. And you get there and everyone's like, or it's super, some, sometimes that you might think is bad. Like, oh, it's really fun, exciting, da, da, da. And it's um, stressful. What I actually see is that they're promising that it's professional and there's a bunch of clowns in the back that are, yeah. right? 
Yep. Professional people will not stay with dickheads. That's why they're professionals. Yep, right. that's right. Dickheads yep. potentially could become professional, and I mean that respectfully. It takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the yeah. reason for that is because they, they no longer can, they can't conform to being an idiot and a cowboy. Then yeah. means they've got to step up, which is fine. Yeah. And sometimes we want to. But they need to make no, that choice as a human that that's exactly. the character that, that they want to become. Yeah. So I mean, I hear I hear of people recruiting on values rather than skill set which I I definitely agree. And especially if you're going to have a long-term vision for your business, for the people within your business Mm -hmm. and really the cost effectiveness of recruitment, your recruitment strategies, definitely recruiting on values um, over skill, but I still need a little bit of skill in there. So the only thing I say about that, hundred percent, I'm always attitude, uh, attitude over aptitude. And it's, it's about hiring for value alignment and vision alignment rather than skill. However, higher in genius zone. Yeah. Don't hire the steel-based operational person for the blaze-based sales role. Yeah, yeah. So as long as they're still in what their genius is, that's fine because yeah. they they have they gain their energy from that type of skill level, from that type of role, and they can grow from there and they'll have the natural ability to pick it up because it's interesting to them. It's what they love. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that good, Yeah, good so just just general, more generalist in terms of the skill base. But yeah, you don't need them to know, you know, exactly how to program a certain type of software if they've got the skills and knowledge to do it. And you know, 100% vision wise, they're on board, they've got the motivation, they're going to drive because we know that hard work beats talent all of the time. Exactly, exactly. And the people that are going to work hard are the people that are on board. So you can have someone that's friggin' amazing but if they're slacking off all of the time, then they're doing the job 10% of what someone yeah. else that would have been doing it anyway. My least favorite person in any company that I have is someone that has high talent and low work ethics. <laughs> yeah. They piss me right off because it's like you could be so much better, but you're just lazy. The, and the then, thing that kills me is people that don't use their potential. Yeah, absolutely. Why just like, what that, a that punch is the yeah, it's yeah. like really, you strong, could, yeah, but, but, yeah. but then when they're there and they're, they're in, they're on, they're yeah. like, holy shit, this thing's amazing. But yeah. the difference is, is the frustration that you're going to feel. And the other thing, though, that happens with that is sometimes we have to look at ourselves and realize why are they demotivated too? Maybe we put them in the wrong job. Maybe we hired the wrong person for that job. And so for them, every minute is a struggle for them to do that job and they're not motivated and they can't make themselves. They might have potential in one thing, but you're asking them to do 10 things that isn't their potential. So we, we need to take accountability. So I'm right into extreme ownership and, and accountability yeah, yeah. And, and looking at what could we have done or what did we do wrong to, to cause that issue. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately we hired them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and look, if, if you've hired wrong, which... I think, I think the first uh, three years of my personal business, my first um, company that I opened up, I think I had about three years, I think five or six admins. Um, <laughs> there was two things going on there. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> and I was recruiting the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. You know, that recruitment for us as a, as a company was actually pretty rubbish. You know what I mean? Now, seven years later, it's so much better. So, you definitely think you should work on your strength. So from a female's perspective, I don't really want to go into the gender side of things, but from a mm-hmm. female's perspective, you know, there's a lot of limitations, quote unquote, self, um, self-interpreted limitations in the business world, male-dominated industries. You would name startup, daily startups, or startup daily top 50 uh, under 40, which is incredible. Um, Stevie Awards and all these accolades that you've actually acquired. What makes you different than other people out there? Um, well, I'll go back to the interview that I did on the ABC News on the back of the CVs because they asked me to come and speak on gender pay gap, inequality and things like that. And they said, can you come talk? I said, I don't know if I'm the right person to come talk because I've never experienced gender pay gap, inequality. Like, at some of the companies I was on, the guys, right? I was, yeah, I was on 40 grand more base <laughs> than the other general manager. And they're like, how's that possible? I said, well, because I didn't see a difference between male and female. And I never did growing up. Like, yeah. at high school... I got in trouble a lot because I wore a boy's school uniform because I played basketball and the girl's school uniform wasn't conducive to playing sport. 
I surfed, so the, I'd rip the girl's shirt all the time and I had no boobs at that stage. I was a late developer and you could talk through the armholes. And so I just wouldn't wear it. I wore the boys one. And they're like, you have to, like, you have to wear the girl's school uniform. I said, no, no. In the rules, it says I have to wear a school uniform. I am wearing a school uniform. So they didn't let me be school captain. I had to be vice captain. But then I got the whole uniform changed for the whole school so that everyone could wear a polo shirt and pick the fabric. If the boys wanted to wear a checkered skirt, then they could do that. Yeah, they do it but, in Scotland. So what's the difference, yeah, right? that's right. So I think my mentality, and maybe because I, I grew up um, from nine years old with my dad, with a single dad, and I was surfed. And, but I just didn't, I was like, girl thing doesn't apply to me. Like, I wanted to play American football. They didn't have American football. For, they wouldn't let girls play American football in Australia. Fine, I'll make a league. So I just go, I don't go, okay, no, that, that's not a thing. So I think that, it's about, and this is why I love the Mind Valley stuff for. It's about the, it's getting rid of the bullshit rules of society and yeah. going, okay, you can only do that because you're a girl. You yeah. can, and I think if we reprogram our kids from a young age, girls and boys should play sport together. Yeah. And people go, oh no, because the boys are stronger. Not all boys are stronger. No. It should be about a weight and um, right. and strength level. That's right. Well, I mean, I've even seen rugby league in the same age group and literally there's gaps like... So different, right? Massive. And it's the same age, like nine-year-old. And one's this big Tongan boy that's Uh nine years old that looks about 14. So so I I think you're right. You know, there's definitely generalizing. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's differences, right? And, you know... Of course. But overall, I think that that people are going to think, oh, yeah, but you served and grew up with that. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. I think there's a problem... You know, yep. BMX riding as a kid, you do a jump every single time. All of a sudden, you get mid-jump, I'm not going to make it. And somehow, there's a wall in the middle of the air, and you don't make it. It's yep. not the jump. It's not the bike. It's yep. the mind, right? That's, so, that's me That's me surfing on a reef. Oh, the reef's a bit low. Oh, oh next minute, coral in my ass. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, I need to go what to... You, what you think you attract, right? Yeah, that's right. And what you believe you achieve. So if you don't believe that there's those limitations, then you will find the ways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So sometimes you come up against things, but it, I really do think for myself, it, it has been about going, there is no, okay. So when I first started in recruitment, the, the owners told me I had 10 interviews. They said no to me 10 times. And one of their reasons was because I was a girl. I was like, what now? <laughs> and they said, well, we had a, we once hired a girl and she ended up running off with one of our clients. Yeah. And so if one of your boys was better looking, they could run off with a female client. Yeah. Like, this is not an argument. Yeah, right? exactly. So yeah. I literally told them that they had five minutes to have a contract ready for me or I was going to work for a competitor and I was going to steal all their clients. And I said, and I will be your general manager within two years. Yeah. One year, 11 months, I was their general manager. Yeah. Yeah. I went in there with a bit of chip on my shoulder and something to prove. But it's again. It was like, girl is not defense. Are you retarded? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think these days with that whole, I just don't. I just don't understand how there's a difference. There's no differences in in most jobs. Obviously, if you're like, you know, I, I just find it a ridiculous argument to think that there's. Yes, there are significant differences. Someone said to me, you know, it's different between boys and got boys and girls. No, there's not. Well, there is big differences. We can't have babies. Yes. I can't breastfeed my uh, two-week-old daughter. That's an impossibility. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, stay at home mum, stay at home dads. Who gives a fuck? Like, who cares? You know, generally speaking, women are more nurturing than guys. I, my wife, is definitely more nurturing than me. Yeah. Way more. But then there's some guys that are way more nurturing than the girls. Yeah. Who cares? Like, some women are more in the masculine energy and there's different tasks Definitely for myself, if I'm writing copy or if I'm writing a blog, I'm not in masculine energy. I'm a little bit female creative energy, which is not an energy yeah. that I step into very often, but I need to have that. If I'm talking to someone that has a personal issue or some significant problems going on at home, I'm not in masculine energy of driving that thing forward and kind of circulating back to what we started with. 
you've got to understand how those energies are played out within the business yeah. role, within your roles within your business and your role within your life. You know, if I'm yeah. talking to my three daughters at home, I'm, there's certain areas where I need to be the father figure. There's also certain areas where I probably need to pick them up and give them a cuddle. Like yeah. it's, it's not gender based. It's energy based. That's it's energy where people based. Go wrong. And it's, yeah. And that's the key thing. Understanding what needs a feminine energy and what needs a masculine energy and when to switch between the two. And yes, males and females are fundamentally different. But again, it goes back to the genius zones, hiring the right person for the right roles. Yeah. And, and that, that's not gender based. And knowing when, to, when you need to flick in and out of each. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's, I think it's a lot of like, stereo, it's like stereotypes, you know what I mean? Like, oh, men are better with um, numbers and logic. And yet most bookkeepers are females. Men yeah. aren't, I'm not very good with numbers. I don't care for numbers. Luckily, my bookkeeper and my accountant is actually a man. And I'm allergic to numbers. God, yeah. I'm allergic to I just to like them. the ones with the dollar signs in front of them. That's what I like. That's, uh, just tell me how they work. I know how they work. They're, they're the good ones. The rest is not, it's not, yeah, it's just different. Yeah. So I think the whole argument about stuff is, it should be quite redundant in the business. I don't look yeah. for a gender in my business for a role. I no. look for the person. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that's super important where if you're looking for tasks to be done or this, that, the other, it's not a gender discussion. It's a, it's a task, it's a value, it's a, yeah. it's a skill set. It's, it's, if you're bringing gender into it, you, you're yeah. really limiting yourself quite dramatically. The only, the only would thing I would say is when you're trying to attract talent and write advertisements is understanding what your talent pool and most likely comes from. So there is yeah. some roles that are more, uh, you have more in the pool from a certain gender. So administration, very, female, very yeah. yeah, administration yeah. or um, customer service sometimes, then you might know that the talent pool is greater in, in the female side of things. Yeah. And you might know that return to work mums are often in that area. So yeah. you might write your ad that, because you, again, you need to get in the psyche of your avatar most likely to apply and go, if you've got a flexible work situation or something that is more family orientated or allows things. So I've used to write ads like we offer a, a flexible work environment. So if you need to take little Johnny to soccer in the afternoon, that's going to be okay yeah. with us because that's, that says to the mum, Oh, you actually, you don't just say we're family. You actually tell me, a situation. Do within the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's yeah. also going to apply to a dad that takes take the, the um, main parenting role as well because they go, yeah, I can take little Johnny to soccer. But you yeah. just want to think about um, and sometimes you'll dual add. So you'll have one that speaks to because you could go, yeah. okay, there's two different types of people that could do this job and mm. the pools are 60-40. I might, I might advertise both ways. Yeah. So, so I'm speaking yeah. about the split testing on Facebook. Testing. You know I mean? Yep. You know, if you're going to have a new product for a car product, let's say, yep. um, you would have a feminine because they yep. buy cars. <laughs> they yep. may not necessarily do them themselves, but they have partners that could yep. do it, you know, like, so, yep. yeah. I think a lot of people are yeah, just... Yeah, it's, it's about that split closing. test. Yeah. And the key, I'm just going to anchor on one, one thing on that, is people put together job ads as if they're, job, they're just descriptions mm. and they forget that the word was ad. It's an advertiser. That's right. Think of the avatar and sell to the fucking avatar. Don't yeah. just write a list of demands about what you want. Yeah, exactly. No one exactly. is going to. No one good's applying. Yeah. You might think you're amazing, but you forgot to tell them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, the why doesn't need to be this big either. No. No one cares that much that quickly about your why, right? No. And it, then, oh, and, by the way, we're looking for amazing. And, and guess like, what? It's, it's not your why. It's their why. So when I write an ad. The why is why, the, the what's in it for them. Why should they join? It will be tied to our why because we want people who are attached to our why, but what's in it for them? Why should they join you? Not, not, not all about you, ego head. No. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> everyone's favorite topic, right? Themselves. Yeah. Awesome. Final piece of advice for let's let's I didn't want to go down that females in business, female operators, final piece of advice for them. Um, Things that you're the you're the award winning Yeah, I think it is 
shake off the bullshit rules of society and the feminine title. Embrace your femininity and stay in that power because don't do what I did, which I kind of really put it aside for a while and embraced too much of the masculine. Stay in your power, embrace it, understand when you need to flip and how to do that graciously, but don't let anyone put you inside a box. Yeah. Yeah. You will find a way. Like you can, there is so many females out there that have it all. Like you, you can name so many females that have had the family, that have created the business, that balance everything. If you want it, you will find the way. Yeah. Don't don't use an excuse if someone put a ceiling over your head. That's a fucking excuse. Yeah. You put that there, right? Yeah. It's like, for me, it's that perfect example. And this is, this is for males and females, you know, going through business because we have our own issues in our own head and then people think, oh, it's different from our... We have some fucked up shit in our head too. Don't think that you guys are the only ones that think stupid. Like, we yeah. think dumb too, right? Um, yeah. And sometimes the pressure of being a male, you got to have all your shit together, is actually sometimes worse yeah. than any other way. So... Um, oh, please go and listen to the recording from yesterday's LinkedIn chat with um, yeah. Gus Wallen because he really covers the stress and pressure on men exactly about that issue. Like, I can't show weakness. I can't show my emotion. I have to have my shit together. And the pressure of that and never actually speaking to someone else and, and feeling the feelings is so detrimental and has a ripple effect across, A, businesses, but families, relationships as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we both have our own set of problems. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. And addressing that as well. So, yeah. I think that was really good overarching everything we need to have an appreciation for each other's mindset differences um characteristics attributes like if there's an appreciation like everyone what i find in the relationships and again this is not where the conversation was going to be going in relationships in shit relationships each partner is trying to get power. That is how you end up with a shit relationship. Yep. A great relationship is the equality, but the other person is actually put on top. That's yep. how you have a great relationship. It's not and me having control over you, Jade, or you trying to have the control back over me. That is not going to be a long-term. You'll be in a relationship, and you might be in charge of that relationship, but the other person, from a male's point of view, you're going to emasculate that man. From the female's point of view, they're going to feel disempowered. Um, less feminine, less sexy. Like that is not how you get the best out of each other. So again, that comes back to the geniuses as well in the relationship, Um, recognizing each other's genius zones and you don't need to be all things to all people. So in the relationship, like you said, the male might be the the more nurturing, like, and so maybe they step up and do more of the parenting or vice versa. Like in, in my in my marriage previously, my ex was a way better cook than me. So he took the cooking and I did the cleaning yeah. because he just didn't like burnt food. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I liked the dirt cleaned a certain way. <laughs> but that's, but, but that's, that, that, that to me is like a healthy relationship, the outcome of, of whatever that is. But those simple tasks within, and that's where people go wrong, those simple tasks communicate that thing. Don't expect yeah. the other person to do more just because that's what they do. Like yeah. be appreciative of what they do. Like I would, I would really appreciate my wife cleaning the house, but then you're right. I do most of the cooking. I'm a qualified yeah. chef for one, but I find that quite easy. She finds yeah. it easy, easier than cooking. Yeah. It's not, it's not a gender based task. Who cares? Like she takes the yeah. rubbish for the bin. Like she takes the rubbish out. Like it's not a gender based thing. Like who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, I don't do that. I don't like touching bins. So. Yeah, she does it. She literally does it before I. <laughs> that's I not a gender thing. That's a germ thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think. But I will wash the cars. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See, there you go. So, um, my in saying the cleaning, I pay for a cleaner. That's my cleaning yeah. role. Yeah, okay? that, that's what that I was my opt out too, pretty much. So, and then if I'm going to get a cleaner. Yeah, exactly. And they're better cooking, at it than me, and they're quicker too. And yeah, exactly. My time's worth more. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Price per hour is uh-huh. cheaper for me to get a cleaner. Right. Yeah, much better. So, yep. yeah, and happier for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. If I can be happier, and if I'm happier, then everyone's happier. That's so right. It's I think ripple that, effect. Ripple effect. That, I agree. I agree. So um, let's wrap it up now. I think it's been absolutely amazing. I know there's heaps and heaps of stuff in there from the energy to the start to recruitment in the middle to relationship yeah. to the end, uh, <laughs> the trifecta of business, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to, I, I literally got you on today because the recruitment aspect 
the coaching, the mindset, mm-hmm. um, the energy and the relationships were just a bonus either side to, to sandwich that stuff up. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. When's, when's your next trip? When are you going overseas next? Uh, I'm actually in Australia for the longest I have been in, like, two years. So I'm two here. Weeks. I'm in Australia for, no, two months, two whole months two at this months. stage. That Unless, although, um, if, uh, if iLab actually gets too many more participants in their next um, intake, which is in two weeks, I might have to go to Bali for two weeks. <laughs> so it's a tough life. I might, tough life. I might. But otherwise, I'm there January, February. Someone's got to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was well supposed to be in New Zealand next week, but uh, yeah. I, I have too much going on. Thanks for tuning in to the Barrels and Business podcast. If you are ready to build your kick-ass team, you're looking to scale your business, or you just want ways that you can get wet more often, make sure you head on over and connect with us at barrelsandbusiness.com. Actually, while you're at it, why don't you just hit subscribe wherever you are watching and listening to the podcast right now. I'll see you guys on the next episode.